Good evening. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. How's everyone doing tonight? I'm grateful that uh, we're all gathered here. I thank everyone that uh, supported my podcast, 915 Pastors Roundtable. Um, today's message is going to be from Ephesians chapter 2, verse one to, uh, verses 1 and 2. Uh, what I want to um, share here is is that um, we finished with chapter 1 last time. At verse 1, it says, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin. Verse two, in which you were once, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Amen. So this this word here, right? It talks about how we were all dead in our walk with the Lord. It goes back to the book of Genesis in chapter two or three, three I think it is, where Satan came and he infiltrated into the garden. And he he got into Eve's head and tell her, hey, you know what? God's not going to kill you. God won't make you, you know, you won't die. He created you. How can he create something and then kill it? He does not really mean you will surely die. But hey, you'll become just like God. You'll become just like him. You'll know good and evil. And you'll have knowledge and wisdom. Just like God. Imagine you being like God. Imagine that. So, Eve took a bite of the fruit and says, hey, that's, that's good. And then he called Adam over, hey, Adam, take a bite. It's really good. And he did. And, of course, you know the rest of the story, right? God came looking for them in the garden, and then they were hiding. And why were they hiding? Because they found out that they were naked. And God wanted to know, who told you that you were naked? Who told you? You see, here we have now our lives ever since then when man is born he is born into this world of sin and transgressions we are spiritually dead to this world but when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior we become alive a person who is spiritually dead could read the Bible he might understand some things like you know stories but he won't get the full version of the scriptures because the Holy Spirit is not within him. We were all dead walking walking on this earth physically alive but spiritually dead. You know the story about Ezekiel where he went to a valley, God took him there and there was a valley of bones, a whole bunch of bones everywhere and God told him, make prophesy to these bones, son of man. And make them come alive. And as Ezekiel did, as the Lord said, he prophesied to the bones and the bones came together. And they got ligaments and they got muscles and they got skin back. And then he told them, prophesy, son of man, to the breath. So that air can be inside of them. And then the air came and breathed in them. And they came alive. You see, we... As spiritual beings, walking on this earth without God, we are spiritually dead. It says here that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Trespasses and sin. And what does that tell us about that? 
Trespass is kind of like, kind of like it identifies who are dead. It tells uh, people that who are spiritually dead that they have no communication with God. These people are physically alive, but their sins have rendered them spiritually unresponsive and alienated from God. Transgression can be used also as a fall or a lapse, where you fall or you get behind or you lapse. Eh? And sin implies that you're in an innate state of corruption. So you're corrupted and you have fallen. And you will continue to fall and lapse. And you will always be in a state of corruption. And that's what the scripture tells us. That we are walking around in trespasses and sin. The enemy loves that. The enemy, the enemy loves to have Christians walking around this world spiritually dead. Because that means that you don't have a relationship with God the Father. And that's what the enemy wants you to not have. A relationship with God the Father. You see, he doesn't mind enemy, Satan, demons. They don't mind that you go to church. They don't mind that. They don't mind that you go and pay tithes and offerings or give to the church or help a, a widow or, 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 or uh, an orphan. Doesn't mind. Doesn't mind that you volunteer. He doesn't mind that. He doesn't mind that, you know, that you go every Sunday or Bible study on Wednesday. He doesn't mind. As long as you don't have a relationship with God, that's where things get difficult for him. Because he knows that he loses you. You see, we are dead to our sins and our trespasses. And remember what I said earlier. Their sins have rendered them spiritually and unresponsive and alienated from God and thus incapable of experiencing the full life that God could have given them. You see, they miss out on life. Spiritually, spiritual life, they miss out. They miss out. We are dead in our sins and trespasses. If someone handed you a couple of pills and said, swallow these. Would you do it? Not likely, right? However, if you were in a hospital or in a medical office and the doctor said, uh, who was speaking, and he said, hey, uh, take these or you might die unless you, you know, you take these pills. You don't take these pills, you don't take the pills, you die. You take the pills, you live. Well, what would you do? Sometimes, some people will just take it because they want to live. Paul tells us that there's bad news and there's always good news. As for you, you were dead in your sins and trespasses. Dead. Not sick. Not that you were dead in your transgressions. Not that you were dying. Not having any off day. Dead. What can dead people do to help themselves? Not much. In fact, absolutely nothing. That is why God, in His mercy, had to reach out to us in His unfathomable love, a love that would sacrifice His Son for us. God has given you your diagnosis. You are walking in sin and in transgression, in trespassing. You have understood it. Have you also given, you have also been given your remedy, but have you taken it?
have taken the salvation of the Lord. You see, in verse 2 it says that you used to walk. You once walked according to the curse of this world, according to the prince of the air and the spirit who now walks works, excuse me, works in the son of disobedience. You see, Paul here, he's in prison and he's writing this letter to the to the Ephesians. Okay, this is a church that he has established. That's why he's telling them, hey, he made you alive. That's a past tense. He made you alive. You, who were, you were dead in trespass and sin, but he made you alive. And then he tells you that you once walked according to the world. You once walked according to the flesh. You, were, you once walked according to the sinful nature. You once walked according to the desires of the flesh. And you follow the commander of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. The word live can also be translated into walk. And walk is described as the way how you conduct yourself and the direction of one's life. What direction are you walking in? Are you walking towards God or are you walking away from God? When you draw near to God, the enemy flees. Why? Because the enemy can't be near God. You see, that's why you have to have a relationship with God. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, then of course the enemy the commander of the power of the air, the one who rules over the earth and causes you to be disobedient and causes you to, to live in a sinful nature, to causes you to live in the fleshly desires or in the desires of your flesh. He will keep you dead spiritually. Satan will do that. How does he do that? Does he, into, it goes into your body? No, no. You know, he, what he does is he messes with your mind. He brings things to your head and makes you think things differently. You know, I, I, I like not to, uh, I like to dabble in a little bit of beer. But what happens when you dabble in a little bit of beer? You dabble a lot. You guzzle it down. I don't like, uh, I'll dabble just one, one line of Coke. One, one cigarette of marijuana. Next thing you know, you're doing all kinds of lines and smoking it all up. And you're right back where you were in sin. Because when you cloud your minds with these, these worldly items, then your mind is not sober anymore. And you can't think straight. And you can't conduct yourself according to the scriptures. You cannot walk worthy of your calling. It says that in Ephesians Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, which is Paul speaking, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling of which you were called. Paul is begging you. That, mean, that word beseech means to beg you. Hey, man, work, walk worthy of your calling. And now we're not talking about that God called you to be a minister or a pastor or a deacon. Or he, he calls every single one of us. When we attend church and we sit in the pew, God calls us. He calls us because our hearts feel that this minister, this pastor that's speaking is touching my heart.
And the pastor is not doing it. It is the Spirit of God that's reaching out to you. It's calling you. It convicts you of your sinful nature. And it's telling you, get your life straight. You need to come to the Lord Jesus and live on the right path. Talking about the right path, you know, we have like the wide road and the narrow road. Well, there's Christians on the, nar- on the wide road too. They're not just only on the narrow road. The narrow road are the ones who follow Jesus and believe and have faith and they're obedient. And they have a relationship with God. The ones on the, on the wide road, those Christians over there, well, they're the ones that believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe that he was born of the Virgin, believe that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day. Yeah, they believe. They also go to church on every Sunday. They also go to church on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Easter. They'll give offerings. You know, they'll listen and sit there and be, you know, quiet in church and listen and, and call themselves a Christian but have no relationship with the Father. That's who's on the wide road. Also on the wide road are people who are very good and don't know God. There are people who have no idea who God is, and yet they say, I'm good. I'm a good person. I do good deeds. I work. I have a life. I have three children, four children, one child. I have a dog. I have a wife. But they have no relationship with God. Those people too. Everyone has a small measure of faith. Everyone has heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everyone passes by a church and wonder when they look at the church and they look at the cross on top or they wonder, I wonder what this is about. Sometimes they'll go in they'll sit there and they say, hey, this is not for me, man. This is not for me. And they're gone. You know, Jesus said, hey, depart from me because I never knew you. There'll be people that are in your churches who claim to be Christians. I pray for the sick. I, 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 I exercise demons out of people. I, I've, I, I've read your Bible. I've walked a walk and I go to Sunday school and I teach men's Bible study or women's Bible study. And Jesus will tell you, hey, I never knew you. We never had a relationship. I, I know I never got to know you. You never spoke to me. That's what it's about, having a relationship. In verse 2, it tells you that in, in this, in which you once walked according to the flesh, according, excuse me, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. You see, we, Paul is telling these people in Ephesus, hey, you guys were dead spiritually, and now you're made alive. Remember, you once walked in this world, in the world of the flesh, in the world of sin and transgressions and, tres- and trespassing. Amen? And he's telling you, live uh, 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 describing your, your, your conduct and direction of one's life, live according to the word. Instead of moving towards God, those who have not accepted Christ can only move in one direction, and that's away from God. Instead of moving towards Him, you're moving away from Him, away from God. See, my brothers and sisters, we need to get close to God. <clears throat> they could not follow God because they have three things that as unbelievers they got these three things these three problems and we're going to identify them they're right there in verse 2 of chapter 2 it says they live like the rest of the world they accepted immoral lifestyles and godless motives 
we have that today in our world. If you're looking at all these people out there running around amok, going crazy and protesting and, you know, uh, uh, protesting and, and raising hell in the streets and burning places down and going into stores and just grabbing stuff and walking out, lawlessness, godless people. But yet they'll have a chain on their neck with a cross on it or a crucifixion. They don't really believe. They don't really have a relationship with God. They don't. They don't. If you belong to this world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to this world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That, that is why the world hates you. People who live like the rest of the world cannot follow Jesus. See, Jesus pulled us out of the world. But there's some of us who still live in it. The other thing is, so that was number one. You live like the rest of the world. Number two, you follow the commander of the power and in the unseen world. And who is the commander? Satan. If you're not following God and having a relationship with him, then who are you following? Check it. Check yourself. Like I say in the military, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself. Who are you following if you're not listening to, the, to God's word? Who are you following if you're not reading scriptures and being obedient? Well, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I strive to do my best. I strive to be all I can be. That's an old army saying, be all that you can be. And I'm trying to be all I can be in God's army. The Bible pictures the Satan as a ruling in the, in the evil spiritual kingdom. The demons and those who are against Christ. Paul refers to the devil uh, as and he calls him the evil one. How is the devil the commander of the powers in the unseen world? Hmm? In the unseen world is, is the literally the air that's in between the earth and the heavens. It's the space around the earth. That we can see with our eyes. This is Satan's fear of influence. How does he influence you? Does he possess you? No. He comes into your head and he starts to just drop uh, thoughts. He puts traps before you and you fall. When you know you shouldn't be drinking but yet you're drinking. When you know you're not supposed to be drinking and some friends come by and bring beer or liquor. He knows your weakness. God just wishes that you would turn to him in your time of weakness and seek his yoke, for it's easy. But we always turn to our weakness. People who have not surrendered to God or decided to obey or energize are energized by the power of the evil. The force of the evil spirit is seen in those who actively disobey God, both in faith and action. These people live in constant rebellion and in opposition to God. People living and not following God live in opposition to God. In constant rebellion. It's what you see in the world today. From the, from the, from the president to the vice president to the congressman all the way on down. That's what you see. That's what we have. We have that. When you, when you look at the lawlessness of the people in our cities and, and tearing up everything, 
that's what you see. Protesters. People just burning up cars and, and, and burning stores and local mom and pop shops. How do they how do you how do you go get your food now? You know, one place they burned down the Walgreens that there was people out there saying, hey, how, where am I gonna get my medicine now? I gotta go now, you know, ten miles or five miles away to go get this stuff now. You know? People who will put their hard earned money into the local mom and pop shops have all been burnt down because people are rebellious and disobedient can't follow law but yet when they need help they call the law hmm the third thing is that they are enslaved to gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature you are enslaved to it you are tied up chained up to it the only way to break loose from it is from accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's how you do it. But even that becomes a struggle because that means that you have to give up certain things and you have to change your lifestyle and you have to live according to the scriptures and being obedient and not enjoying the things of the world. As if the things of the world are going to help you to get to heaven. It's not. As if you're there, as all as in your all of your possessions, is it gonna get you to heaven? No, you can't take it with you neither. Your money, your gold, your jewelry, your your sneakers, your cars, nothing's going. Just you. As a matter of fact, your body's not going. It's just your spiritual man that goes, and it goes when you are absent in the body. You are present before the Lord. The Scripture says that you go from here to there in front of Him. And then you're judged according to your deeds and what you've done for him in the kingdom. And since you are disobedient and because you are in a sinful nature, because you desire the things of the flesh, because you are a transgression, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, away with you. I never knew you. Man, I want to hear Welcome, good and faithful servant. Welcome. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, that was chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And I appreciate you listening to my podcast. Um, I want you to uh, think about that. Where are you walking today? What is your lifestyle today? What you need to change is you need to follow Jesus Christ. And accept Him as your Lord and Savior and have a relationship with God. You see, Satan doesn't like you having a relationship with Him. He doesn't like you having a relationship with God. He'd rather you be disobedient and just check into church once a week. And just check, you know, give a little money here and there. You know, as long as you don't have a relationship. He doesn't care what you do. Alright, my friends, brothers and sisters. God bless you. God be with you. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you. We thank you, Father, for all the things that you're doing in our lives. I pray for each each one who is listening to this podcast, Father God, on Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Father. I pray that that we realize our sinful nature and we realize that we need a Savior. I pray that we all look to you, Father God, and start to have a relationship with you so that I can work worthy of your calling, Father. 
Thank you, Father, for your almighty provider. We thank you for all the things that you're doing for us. Guard each one who are listening to this podcast, Father God. Put your heads of protection about them. Love them, keep them, watch over them. Until we meet again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Thank you. God bless you. Bye.